Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The post-Civil War landscape of the American West offers escape and opportunities to many new immigrants who come to the country's shore. A few of them brave the journey to the camp town of Missouri Crossing, each looking for a new lease on life in the Dakota Territories. Join the settlers of Missouri Crossing, including Gregory Smith, played by Joaquin, Sister Margaret Miller, played by Monica, Bjorn Hagman, played by Chris, and Craig as the keeper of arcane lore, as we explore the horrors that await us on Down Darker Trails. The next morning, sometime later, the three of you have gathered in a field on the south side of Chicago, where... Wagons have been getting lined up for the journey west, and you see plenty of like cattle are just kind of like laying around in various spots um, away from the wagons. Um, it's kind of hard to tell, but there's got to be a couple hundred here at least as you're looking around. The wagons, uh, you got up very early and uh, drove them off, and they're all in a nice, neat line that stretches out outside the city and you're just kind of waiting for things to get settled down. People are making final preparations. They're tying down things. They're repacking things or make sure that horses and oxen are fed and ready to go. You notice that most of the cowboys there are of African-American origin. In fact, Bjorn, you would notice right away that Samuel Baker is the only non-colored cowpoke amongst them, uh, excluding yourself and your son now. So the Jesuit mission wagon has also fallen into place, and Father Francis, or Frank Noss, um, is leaning up against the wagon, chatting with one of the Jesuit brothers who is going to make the trip as well. And, Margaret, you would notice right away that a very special thing has been recently added to the wagon, and it's a very large church bell. So, I'm excited for the first time to say, scenes on you, everyone. Hello, Mr. Smith. How's it going? Do you take uh, any thought to the to the job you may have for my boy once we get up there to the crossing? Yeah, yeah, he's, you know, he's like... Maybe like I'm taking the eyeball, just looking the kid up and down. Mm, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have to we'll have to take a bit. To probably take me some time to get everything set up. Uh, you know, make sure the uh, furnace is well insulated. Make sure sparks don't go anywhere, fly and burn anything down. But yeah, I'll, I imagine we'll be able to, I'll definitely need be needing some help for a while there until uh until the town people people get in. I can you know make sure my my stuff gets well uh, situated. Johan is kind of setting up, it looks like a lot, a lot of like salt pork, and he's loading it up onto a wagon with the help of Samuel. And he's kind of found work as the kitchen boy, uh, so to speak. And he's already being kind of instructed in what his duties are. And he's kind of like poking around. Gregory, you see uh, your son. He's doing his best to kind of like uh, take charge of like the oxen that you have pulling your wagon, but uh, he's 
still like a little bit young to kind of get him to listen to him. Yep. My, my own boy, he's got, he got some years to put some, put some muscle on him, but we'll get there. I was about to say that, but my boy, they see Samuel has him working over there pretty hard. Thank God he didn't inherit uh, his father's looks, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, they're good kids. They'd be good. They get a fresh start, right? New land, new opportunities. How are you feeling about it? How's the wife and the kids taking the move there, Gregory? They've been wondering. They're leaving their lives behind. Yes. And now, now I got to admit, I don't know there's going to be too much for them out there. I'm glad there's at least, at least someone around their age for them to play with, but uh, yep. I don't see a lot of uh, fun-filled childhood days with friends uh, in their childhoods, I'm afraid. Hey, you know, if it's anything, do you really want them around that mess that we're leaving here? Really? You see what goes on in the streets there, right? So, I am missing the streets, I'm just saying. There's some things that are going to be missed. I feel you, I understand, yeah. It's your home. I know that feeling quite a bit, but I think we're going to Green and pastures, for lack of a better term, you know. New start. There's a reason why people are moving up there, eh? You'd think that they're up there for one reason or another. Has to be something good, right? Yeah. Yep. There you Indeed. go. Indeed. Sister Miller, seeing you on this fine afternoon. How you doing, sister? I'm doing quite well, Mr. Hagman. How about yourself? I'm doing good here, talking to Gregory here. Gregory's a... We're just talking about the new adventures that take us up north, what are you feeling about this? What does the good book have to say about this? Well, I myself am quite nervous, actually. Never been this far away from home, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I thought I'd be the one furthest from home, but uh, got, got so many foreigners around me, trust. Uh, halfway around the world. Eh, there's nothing to worry about. It's new people, new cultures. You see new lessons to learn in life. Oh, I'm not complaining. I'm just... I'm just suddenly laughing to myself just how far people will go. Yeah, just becoming cramped. We want the free wind in our hair and what, what is all that stuff, the amber waves? I mean, the outside, of course. What, uh, sorry, say that one the more time. The amber waves. Amber waves. There you go, amber waves. Yes, so it's a new start, eh, uh, sister? I was going to tell you, now this is you and Gregory and me here. You know, there's some rowdy types that are around here. If you feel like you need to stay closer to one of us, too, just uh, you go on and do that, okay? Oh, and I thank you for that. I've just, I usually stick with Father Francis and Sister Michaels, but I, I do believe we do need a bit more protection from someone who's a bit more rugged. So I would be sticking by you. Yes, of course. Yeah, I, I, uh, you don't worry. And if, um, you know, if I, you can't find me, Johan over there can find me. And he needs some lessons, too, so. I might have him be under your wing a little bit if he's not uh, working there for Samuel and doing too much. Oh, I'll be delighted to have him on our service. Yeah, keep him out of trouble. <sighs> well, I got to get going here. I got to get my shit together. I mean, stuff together. Sorry, sister. Got to get my stuff together and uh, got to get going. So um, you two stay careful. I'll uh, see you later tonight, okay? Have a wonderful day, Mr. Hagman. You too, sister. I just like tip my cowboy hat and I turn around and walk off yeah and bjorn um a man who you were introduced um to earlier as russ freeman he's a really tall um tall and uh dark-skinned uh uh cowpoke and he's seems to be wearing like the same uh sort set of uh 
uh, dungarees and uh, gray shirt that Samuel was wearing the other night, almost as if like the whole crew of them bought a bunch of them uh, at the same time in bulk. But he's um, walking towards you, uh, leading a, it looks like to be a serviceable horse, and he leads it over to you. I take it this is for me that uh, Mr. Freeman, is that it? Yeah. So Samuel said you can ride. Oh, uh, yes, I can ride. Learn a lot where I come from, yes. Good, good. So how how this works is you are the new cowboy, so you will be riding at the back. We're going to try to get the wagons moving soon. But in order for the wagons to get going soon, we need to get the cattle to get going. It is our hope that the wagons will be able to overtake the cattle so that the wagons can go up front and, you know, not be eating dust the entire trip. It's going to be your job to ride at the back and make sure that the rest of the cattle follow in line. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, Real quick clarification. Don't you know what I got? Uh, I'm armed. And what if I see someone that comes about that looks hostile? Am I, uh, is it okay to put them down if need be? Or how do you prefer that to be handled? Look, Bjorn, it's your job to make sure that our property gets to where it's going. And I did not spend my entire life working my knuckles to the bone just so someone can come and take it from me. You take care of my property and I'll take care of you. Fair enough. If you're unsure, just fire uh, two shots in the air, and we'll do our best to ride around. If anything, I'd be uh, more afraid about things coming from the sides, not as many eyes. All right. Sounds good. Yes, sir. Your boy's falling in line with Samuel pretty well. Yeah, that's good. He's a good kid. He just speaks English real good, and he's a hard worker. So thank you for the opportunity. Yes, we'll... We'll sure be glad to have the extra hands, but don't make me regret this, Hagman. Yeah, I, I won't, sir. No, no, Mr. Freeman, trust me. I come to this country for opportunity to go up north. We don't want to burn any bridges, and I'm a hardworking man, sir. All right. Well, sun's almost up. Why don't you get those uh, cattle moving? Yes, yeah, sir. And I just, like, go up to the horse and put, like, my rifle, you know, the rifle strap. I got, like, I imagine I got, like, my pistol belt around me and, like, just jump on the horse and take off to do a hard day's work all right yeah and it's going to take you a while to kind of like get the cattle moving the rest of you um in the meantime uh you notice that the the cattle are starting to get moving but everyone's like kind of like on edge because you haven't left yet but there's been a lot of work going and there's a lot of discussions like oh man it's taking us this long to get going is that going to be every day samantha Smith, uh, Gregory's wife, seems particularly worried about this taking forever, specifically because, like, the Smith's family has, like, a lot of extra mouths and budgeted their food um, pretty close. So, Margaret, at uh, some point, while you're waiting for the cattle get going, Father uh, Francis Noss, or Father Frank, as he insists to be called, approaches you. Hello, Father. Is there something I can help you with? Sister. Just wanted to say thank you for all your help in getting us moving yesterday. I know it's not like us to do that much uh, labor on a Sunday, but in order to get going today, it had to be done, and I'm sure the Lord will forgive us. Would you agree? 
It is, as you say, you are, of course, his direct conduit. Sometimes, like you said, things have to be done a certain way, and I, I for one, am very antsy to get going. Yes, I as well. Um, Brother Thomas over there, and he indicates a, like a, a very young, fit-looking priest um, who is basically working to get like the mules tethered up to the small wagon. He's like persistently checking all the straps and just like covering and uncovering and recovering things with wax canvas. And he just like looks a bit like nervous, like he's forgetting something. But uh, Father Frank uh, uh, says, you are you at least a bit excited about our prospects? Yes, I'm quite excited to be this far from home. But I, I do admit I'm a little bit scared. Mother Superior did mention that there would be natives, uh, people of the nations, and that we may encounter some resistance. So I, for one, I'm very glad that Mr. Smith and Mr. Hagman are joining us, so at least we have some protection. Yes, they seem like good, good men, good honest Christian men, at least. I, I have not seen um, very much of them lately, but I, I do believe that we'll get uh, to be very close throughout our journey. Well, I'm also a little um, apprehensive, but we must put our faith in the Lord to see us through this. I mean, we're not the first people to try this sort of thing. And if uh, Pierre Marquette could have um, as much success with the natives before our journey, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be successful if our hearts are true. Of course, as you say, Father Francis, I do agree. Please, Father Frank. Father Frank, of course, my apologies. And he smiles and kind of like runs his hands through his like really thin white hair. He's a bigger guy and it looks like um, in his younger days he would have probably done very well in this mission work sort of thing. But uh, you have the feeling that he'll be kind of relying on yourself and a lot of the younger folk to do a lot of the work needed to go west. Does anyone have anything that any scenes or whatever they want to have before the wagon train gets moving? No, sir. Just getting those doggers moving. Oh, getting those doggers moving, don't you know? All right. And after what seems to be hours and hours, Bjorn, it just takes you forever to get like cattle going. And they, it doesn't really pay to start moving the wagons until the cattle are actually moving because, you know, the wagons can be directed a lot easier than the cattle. Um, but in due time, the wagons also start moving. Takes a long time to basically get the horses or the donkeys or the oxen to um, get used to pulling again because they haven't been doing it for a while. But uh, after some some time, the wagon train slowly departs the prairie land outside of Chicago and heads west. Jorn is relieved, relieved. He's actually kind of ecstatic, even though it's hard work getting the cows going and everything like that. He looks like it's like that one last big push to get out of that cotton mill area, get out of that huge city and kind of just move that momentum up north, you know? Yeah, and it's like, it's weird because like um, it takes you a long time to to realize this, but it's not like you have to get every cow going. You just, you kind of have to identify who the the leaders of the herd are and get them going. And once you're able to kind of do that, the rest kind of like follow along. So like 
you only been going like a, a a little bit, but you're already um like starting to sweat and you're getting coated with all the dust. The wagon train, it's it's actually being led by Gregory's um, wagon because you have the most uh, stuff from out of any individual family that's out there. So being the one of the slower wagons with um with oxen, you're pretty much um, setting the pace for the rest of the wagon train um does anyone else have like any like feelings about leaving yeah definitely i would say like for gregory like once you know they start leaving and it gets to the point where like really like the uh the the city of chicago is like on the horizon he's like looks back and he's just sort of you know back behind all the dust and the uh, cattle and the carts and everything is just it's, it, he's, it's like it really it sinks in really just you know that he's leaving it all behind that he's you know leaving it in the dust that you know, he's that's probably the last time he's ever going to see the city of Chicago in his lifetime. And Margaret, are you still feeling like excited or a little apprehensive as you take out? I would say Margaret is still very excited, especially as the wagon starts moving. But once she gets to that point where it's been over an hour of travel and she kind of looks around and she just sees wilderness around her, it starts to kind of set in what she really has been signed up for, being in the middle of nowhere for months, maybe even years. And just with these people that she doesn't exactly know intimately and meeting new people along the way. So there's definitely some nerves, but for the most part, I would say she's still excited. Yeah, and it really hits you as you look behind and you're expecting to see, I don't know, like the, the prairie where you all camped before or even like smoke from the city. And then you look back and it's just like nothing. There's just like endless trains of cattle. There's You try counting them um, a few times, but like whenever you get more than a 200, like it's just hard because they're just kicking up so much dust. And you just realize you're just in the middle of nowhere. It's like one of your your walks back home when you were a young girl in England and you could just get lost in the woods. And while it's not like uh woodland at this point, it's sort of like that same sort of feeling, but different landscape. You could see for um, miles in every direction as you press forward and the, the train of you, you, you do press forward and you keep going for weeks and weeks and, you have you kind of develop a routine. You get in and pitch camp just as the sun is setting, so you can see what you're doing. It's set up. The kettle are made to walk and move as much as possible, and set to graze in the land ahead of where you're camping. And you kind of like leapfrog each other as you kind of move, because it while you want to have the oxen going, you don't necessarily want to be behind them because of all the dust. Uh, Bjorn, you're constantly just covered in dirt every night. You do your best to ration some of your drinking water to clean off a little bit, but um, most days you're just too tired. And by the time you finally get a chance to lie down and rest, you're almost falling asleep, but your son will nudge you awake in order for you to have like a dinner of beans and bacon or eggs. And it's this meal is kind of like the reason you're staying awake. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I totally like the Yeah. Bacon and eggs is my favorite meal. I would also say like, and I don't know if we could do this now or maybe when we get to Missouri crossing or whatever, but I can almost imagine like 
Jorn like enjoys what he's doing, but the exhaustion after a while may mentally take uh, take a toll on him. Not like it will affect him doing his job, but it'll probably like all those like the the events that led him to moving are bubbling up a little bit. You know what I mean? Past his normal like mental defenses and that he has and barriers, you know, just from the sheer exhaust and repetition, you know what I mean? All that. And so I could see where like, maybe he has started a channel of communication with uh sister Margaret seeing that she is someone of God, you know what I mean? And I don't know how far that could take. I don't know if we could have a scene or whatever. He'd be too tired, but he kind of look at Gregory's family, try to like have his son, like go, you know, kind of like go play with his kids or whatever. And then for like, that connection that he and I'm not comparing Sister Margaret to the whores that he would speak to, but for that connection that he had with people and speaking and communicating, he'd probably search her for her for that. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah, and actually, like you've been, a lot of you have been on the road for several weeks right now. So let's um let's get some roles um, to see exactly how well you've been doing physically. So if you're um, riding. Can you make me a ride horse roll? If you're in a wagon, can you make me a drive wagon roll? If you're walking alongside, can you make me a constitution roll? And tell me which ones you're making. No. Okay. So I did a ride horse and I made mine with a 14. All right. And uh, make sure when you uh, make your rolls, um, you check the box next to it. And Gregory? 13 out of 20. I just I made it. Wow. Continuing to be the lucky man so far this campaign. And Margaret, how are you um, moving? Like, the wagon's pretty um, packed, like, with supplies, but have you been walking most of the time, or do you try to ride in the wagon? I had her get out to do some walking. However, I rolled a 97, and my constitution is 45, so. Oof, that is a botch on that, actually. So actually, let's let's uh, deal with um, Margaret first before we kind of set up a scene. So throughout this entire time, you've been caked with mud. Uh, those of you riding have been getting saddle sores. Even if you're used to riding in a saddle or used to um, driving a wagon, like the constant repetition has just been slowly eroding the the cartilage in your spine and like your your back and your hips have constantly been getting sore. Normally, if you would have failed it, I would made you uh, make a con roll. But Margaret, since you already uh, like botched it, you're you're not doing so well at all. Like you you realize how bad you are smelling, first of all. But because you're both a woman and a preacher, no one has been like saying anything out to you. Yeah, there's really no opportunity for you to take a whole lot of naps because even though you do have the opportunity to ride in the wagon, there's like, at the very best, you have to kind of uh, curl around a big giant church bell that's in the way of everything. So it's it's late at night um, and everyone's like kind of like around the fire at this point. And Bjorn, you're, you kind of like approach... Um, margaret and she she's again like not looking great at all the black clothes that she's been wearing are getting lightly colored from dust and like sweat stains and being bleached out by the sun and you see her kind of like 
unwrapping her feet um and there's like these sticky smelling bandages and like you notice that her feet are kind of like blistered and kind of pussy hi sister you're not looking like you're doing too good there oh this it's it's not really anything i've just been doing a lot of walking there's not a lot of room in you know there's a bell and there's father francis so I've been being the young one and walking. It's it's really no trouble at all. I walked a lot when I was um, assisting in the war. Oh, you you were part of the war here, huh? The the war, the the great war that just happened recently. Yes, the civil war. Civil you know. war, yes. Sorry, civil war. Yes, <laughs> that's a tough one. I heard about that a lot. I mean, Europe hasn't seen a war like that in quite a while. Oh, um. I don't know what to say to that, sister, but you seem to be the type that likes to carry the burden around. And do you know what I mean? Burden carry heavy lifting around, yes? Yes, well, I, I am the youngest one here, in, well, with my traveling church group. And I, I try to do as much as I can so that Father Frank doesn't have to take on so much himself. I mean, it's just a couple blisters, just a couple wounds. I'm, I'm sure that he'll find once I can bathe. I, I just desperately would like to bathe. I, you do the Lord's work, you know that, yes? You do the Lord's work, it's uh, it's not that many that do. I it's my very reason for living, thank you. Yeah, is, uh, and I stop for a second, I kind of like, sit. I take it she's sitting down or whatever, and I kind of sit down next to her and I like, pat my pants off, you know that, I've taken off my protector, leather protectors over my stuff, dust, and I take my cowboy hat off and I like put it on one knee and just kind of like, take this handkerchief I have, dirty one, and wipe my face off and put the hat back on and I look at her and I'm just like, did I tell you why the boy and I, we came over here to this country? No, I don't believe you have. Well, I mentioned my wife who passed and that's part of the reason and God bless her soul, I miss her every day. But there's more to that story, sister, than what uh, I've told you before. It's, uh, you know, I stop for a second, I think about it and I kind of just like, take a stick and I'm just like doing circles in the sand between my knees. I'm like, uh, let me tell you this sister. And I just kind of like throw the stick in front of me and I look back at her. Anytime you doubt this walk that you're doing, anytime that you feel the pain of those blisters on you and you feel tired, keep taking that one step after the other, because you need to carry the burden. There needs to be people like you fighting the good fight. I've seen some things, saw some things where I come from done by very bad people and it made me question what i was doing and this happened before the good lord took my wife and sometimes i wonder i wonder why she had to die after all that that i saw but remember you got to stay strong in this world especially where we're going thank you thank you mr hagman i do feel dreadfully sorry for what happened to your wife you're such a lovely man with a wonderful son and I do hope that your wife is, has found love and mercy at the side of our Lord. And maybe one day, who knows, perhaps when we reach our destination, there will be another woman who can assist you in taking the womanly role in your life and a mother to your son. And as she said that, I get up and I kind of like brush my knees off again. I look down at her like, I think my days of looking for women to take up a role in my life are done. But let me tell you this. Yes, I hope my dear wife has seen the pearly gates that the Lord has at heaven. But just 
remember, just know that with all that light that the Lord shines on us, there's darkness that he doesn't shine his light on. And that's what you got to be careful with. And I just kind of nod to her. Yes, the devil does work actively against us all the time. And I am quite thankful to be in your presence and in the presence of other good men of the Lord who speak of the Lord's truths and love. Because without that, I fear my strength would not be as good. I, I'm here for you. Anything you need, Mr. Hagman. I, I can see that you're a man who is haunted by many things and things I likely won't understand because I've, I've lived my life mostly in a, in a home and in a convent, but never forget that I was in a war and I have seen the dreadful side of war and of men hating their fellow brother and men fighting their fellow man. So if there's anything I can even do for you, all you've got to do is but ask. How about this? We'll get to the Missouri crossing. You and I and Gregory and other good people, we'll have coffee together. We'll talk about making that place a better place where stuff like that won't happen. Eh? I would actually love that very much. All right. You sleep tight, sister. I got to go and sleep myself. And I just kind of like smile and walk off into the darkness. And speaking of coffee, Gregory, even though you are exhausted from your travels as well, you're... Your nose is perked by something near the fire where some of the missionaries have gathered. Is that the aroma of coffee I smell? What is that? Uh, did you say that or are you wondering aloud? Yeah, well, I've said that. He's like, what does that smell? So Brother Thomas, one of the Jesuits, uh, kind of turns and like gives you a wink and like... When he turns, you see Father Noss actually has this little fancy-looking glass contraption, and it's making the the sweetest-smelling thing that you ever s- smelled on the trail. I mean, you've had the the terrible coffee that Johan and uh, Samuel have bring around uh, for dinner sometimes, but it's typically just this burnt stuff that's cheap and easy to package, but. You see these two men kind of just like indulging themselves a little bit. And like Father Noss kind of like pulls out this little tin mug and like pours some water in it, cleans it out, dumps out the water, and then kind of indicates to you that you're welcome. It says it right down. This is fancy. This is a fancy feast. What is this? This, my friend, my brother in Christ, is what they call espresso. Espresso? Sounds foreign. It is indeed. Um, I guess they call this a French press, but uh, it's surely uh, this sort of thing can't be anything but a gift from God. And the the two men are smiling as they're I'm drinking like their small tiny indulgence in this wild world, and um, you you have this like cup and it's like. It's barely filled with any liquid, but it's like warm and super inviting. So you'll take like a little sip of it. Uh, you sip it, and immediately you're you're hit by something, and it's it's almost like the thrill that alcohol or sugar gives Gregory, but you've never had anything quite like it before, and it just you feel invigorated. You feel kind of like the the troubles of the day are kind of just like melting away, and you feel like. If you had to, you could just keep going tonight. If this is what the French drink, then I wonder how they didn't conquer the world. 
Yes, well, uh, they they had their uh, their own troubles at this point. Just trying to hold their country together. Really, they got. I guess everyone's got problems. So, I don't really pay too much attention to the uh, world outside of the uh, this country. Yes. So, Mister Smith, where in this country are you from? Where, what are you What are you hoping for when we get to our destination? Well, Father, you see, I'm from Chicago. My uh, father's from there. I'm afraid my my knowledge, my history, lineage ends ends starts and ends in Chicago, but I'm I'm hoping to bring my family out west to get away from the the the, the dirt, the dirt, the smog, the the smoke, just just the filth of the cities, and make a cleaner, fresher, more successful start for my family. Yes, as we all are, but why Dakotas? Why Missouri Crossing of all places? Why this? train well specifically because i i have been entertaining the thought for going west for some time now but i just i wasn't sure where to go exactly i heard places like maybe in california maybe some places in oregon but then i heard i received a letter from my brother actually who is uh who i think he's currently in in the missouri crossing area i believe he is stationed there with the army oh so he's found some work it seems yes yes my brother has uh Found some work, and he told he brought word to me of how there's lumber yard going to be built there, and how a man of my skills could be very useful there. Why do you think that? And he indicates the group of cowboys who are mostly like all around their own fire. Why do you think they chose this place? They chose it because they're being paid. I guess I don't really know that much about the life of the cowboys. I know they travel a lot. They go wherever the there's cattle, I guess. Well, from what I heard, this is actually their cattle. Really? Yes, I was. Uh, I was talking to that uh, young man, uh, Freeman, I believe is his name. I mean, from what he says, uh, Samuel is not the leader of this group, but. Mr. Freeman says he's a useful face to have around, if you understand what I mean. Yep. Yeah, I reckon that would be useful, considering how things used to be in half the country. Yes, but um, Mr. Freeman seems to be gambling on something that I find extremely interesting. At that point, Gregory would sort of lean in. What, you think maybe like gold or something he's found? Oh, I don't know for sure. The priest uh, sips at his espresso. But I heard from Samuel, who heard from another man in a bar before they left, that there was a Wells Fargo coach that was escorted by no less than six armed riders heading towards the camp. Really? Yes. I mean, not that um, we have need for... Worldly treasures such as this, but no one brings that kind of cash into the Dakotas without some sort of plan. Hmm. Interesting. You sure there's going? They're not just stopping there. They're going just. They're going and stopping at Missouri Crossing. According to Samuel, then yeah. Huh. Now, that is interesting. Gregory, he's, he's he's like he's puzzled because he did some research into like you know we, like there's not that much to spend that much money on out there right. in the so you, you can have you can have like, you know, a big old wagon full of gold but 
what are you going to spend it on out there in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, and you have a pretty decent high, decently high accounting skill, which is, again, probably informing this decision. I'm not going to make you roll for it, but yeah, that's part of the reason why you um, brought like mostly like workable goods and things that can be turned into whatever you needed to be rather than just bringing comfort supplies. So yeah, Gregory is definitely like, he's intrigued by this mystery. Perhaps this, like this, and then he indicates the the cup of espresso that the three of you uh, have been sharing. Should be kept quiet for now, but um, I do believe that there is some hope in this adventure. Well, I just, well, definitely, I know when to speak and I know when to keep quiet. He says that he takes another sip of his espresso. If you like the style and feel of Missouri Crossing, then you'll like Diluted. Set in 1848, Diluted follows a coterie who have set themselves to find out who is behind a mysterious tonic that plagues the kindred society of Victorian England. 